0: Welcome to Game Store Profits, where we talk about God, gaming, and groups. I'm your host, Daniel Fisher, and today we have a special episode. We have our Gen Con recap. And today I have three wonderful fellows with me today. The illustrious TR Knight. Howdy. Mr. Jeffrey Jackson Jr., our... Moderator for the Tavern.
1: That's my name, don't wear it out.
0: <laughs> and Michael Riddle, the Dwarf Bard of Indiana. And How you guys doing today? Good. Good.
1: I'm doing good. okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excited to talk about Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, part of it, I'm a little jealous, guys, because I didn't get to go this year. This is, what, my first year in four years where I didn't get to go to the convention, so... It's, my heart's breaking. I saw all the pictures. I didn't even want to see the pictures. It's like I don't even want to look. It's just so frustrating. I didn't come home with my normal dice haul. I won't get that till Christmas. So uh, anyway, all right. Well, let's get down to the meat and potatoes of it. Oh wait a minute. We didn't do an archive dive. And you know what? I'm pretty sure somebody here has played a game. I didn't write a game down. But I'm pretty sure somebody played a game that's older than a year in the last three weeks. Well, let's see. Me, no. I spent the last three weeks playing every
2: new game possible to prepare to demo them for Stronghold Games.
3: I honestly have been too dang busy to play anything (laughs) and unpacking everything I got from Gen Con.
2: Okay, Jeff, we're (sighs) counting on you.
1: As a matter of fact, I did. Um, Woo! Okay, so um, context. I am a game master for an escape room by trade. Uh, that's what I do, it's my job. And I absolutely love the unlocks a lot. And so, my friend happened to bring some of the older ones. Uh, I think the one is called The House on Haunted Hill. And another one, I think it's called... Ooh. Ooh, I'm trying to remember. I know one of them is House on Haunted Hill. Oh, another one was Tanapol's Treasure. Um, uh, so we actually played those... Um, after I played a little bit of the hotness I got from Gen Con. And obviously I can't really talk too much about them because there, there's spoilers involved. Uh, but what I can say is they were rather interesting and pretty immersive. Uh, almost too immersive, especially for the House and Haunted Hill one. Uh, it it was really interesting. Uh, I mean, I like them a lot. I, I buy them and then I GM them for my friends. And so that's kind of what I do for fun. Uh, because I, I love my job so much that I like to do it in my free time, so uh, that's kind of why I uh, I got to play that, and that would have So to the be. question, Jeff,
2: yes. is do you like the Unlock series the best of those
1: escape rooms in a box? So I, I like the Unlocks uh, for their ease of access you know, uh, they, they they are a bit more approachable. They're not as convoluted, although some of them can be pretty convoluted, especially the more difficult ones. And a little bit weird, weird and confusing. But... The exit ones are a bit more immersive, and I would also say the deck are kind of like a nice medium in between. Uh, because you do them, you do the puzzles, and then you get like a solution afterwards, and you kind of figure out if you're right or wrong. And you, that's how you gauge how you did. They all have their value in terms of the sphere of escape room games, and I'm trying to get a chance to play more. Uh, so that, that's pretty much what I would say to that.
2: Remind me, are the unlocks replayable or do you destroy elements of them?
1: The unlocks are replayable. They are a deck of cards. Sometimes they have more things in them, uh, but they all are the size of a card, like a tarot size card. And the exits are just you destroy them. You will rip them up, you will write on them. Uh, the deckscapes are also replayable as well, and they are in a smaller, a uh, little bit more of a pocket size uh, deck of cards. Um, as well. So both of those are replayable. The exit ones are not. See, I just I just don't get
0: tearing up a game. Uh, it bothers me so much. Don't you ever play <laughs> Legacy games? No.
2: That's the reason why. <laughs> I do.
1: My, my uh, game for uh, 2018 was Betrayal Legacy for that very reason.
2: Oh, shh. I'm playing Betrayal
0: Legacy right now. So
2: Great.
1: We'll have to talk about it later.
0: <laughs> yeah, later. <laughs> See, Matt's been wanting us to get Go in together and get Pandemic Legacy, and I'm just like, oh, man, I love those. I
2: Michael, do you play any of the Legacy games?
3: Uh, the only one I've played was uh, Gloomhaven. Ooh, um, yeah, that's uh, very extensive. Uh, it's probably actually <laughs> the heaviest game I have, at weighing at about 26 pounds with uh, everything in it. Yeah, it's but, a workout. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But some of the cards, when it says um, use it and destroy it, uh, no, I do not destroy the card. I put it in another baggie and save it. Well, later. you can
2: buy stickers for Gloomhaven, can't you?
3: Yeah, you can buy the reset pack for the map itself. That's what I itself, thought. But the cards, No. Yeah. Mm, so interesting uh, it's yeah, just I don't destroy yeah. anything
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't seem I, I have a friend who actually right now is in the process of 3d printing everything that you need so you doesn't you don't have to use standees anymore for anything he's like taking the time to 3d print and like do everything for that game <laughs> nice. yeah. people I people love will, that game
3: yeah I will say that um, getting playing that game for the first time it's re- really hard to get used to the card mechanics because you only have a very small deck. And once you're out, you're you're done. You're exhausted. But after playing it a couple times, me and my partner really got used to um, playing off of each other. And I, I really. How old is it.
2: Gloomhaven now? Technically,
0: it's almost an archive dive at this point.
3: <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do you know? Well,
0: Gloomhaven. Yeah, it is our. I mean, Gloomhaven's been out for what a year and a half now. Yeah, I think yeah. so.
1: And, and it's, yeah, I did so buy
3: the archive. expansion for that at Gen Con. So. Oh my. I'm kind of. <laughs> Kind of excited to actually oh, get that man. open and look at it. <laughs> so,
0: um, you know, I heard something really interesting that one of you all—it was your first Gen con.
1: That—that that would be me. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. So, so what's the biggest before this? What was the biggest con you had ever been to? So
1: that was a uh, Pax Unplugged, which is in Philly, uh, and okay. that one um, <clears throat> was also the first inroad official inroads missions trip one uh so that was really kind of special so i had that bit of context to go off of which that convention is is big in size as well rumor has it it's gonna be another gen con very soon in terms of its size uh we'll have to see about that um (laughs) i I don't know i mean like we only the the they only use a part of the convention hall right now so you know it it could get bigger we we don't know so what
0: what was the attendance for PAX Unplugged this past year? Around
1: thirty thousand.
0: Okay, so you probably doubled at least doubled doubled it at Gen Con, right? Gen Con is stated at least seventy thousand this year. Yep. Oh,
1: That's man. about right.
0: <laughs> so did uh, were you a little overwhelmed?
1: That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> I think so here's the thing. I wasn't so overwhelmed by the number of people per se, yes. I was more overwhelmed by its size more than anything. Yes. Uh, I definitely had to get used to um, going pretty far, a lot of walking, which which was definitely the thing. Like I, When I found out that I was going to Gen Con, one of the biggest things I was hearing from people is, wear comfortable shoes, wear comfortable shoes, get comfortable shoes, (laughs) get two pairs of comfortable shoes, something to that effect.
0: I, I don't know. I wore a pair out, a brand new pair of shoes, I wore them out at Gen Con last year, just in standing.
1: Yep. So, um, so, so basically I, uh, I was a bit prepared, but I, I think that I learned a lot from that experience. Uh, but it definitely helped. Um, so, uh, I can kind of get into what I was doing uh, if if that would be helpful. Uh, So the way way that I was able to go to Gen Con uh, was through Double Exposure Envoy. Uh, They are kind of like the staffing company for a lot of publishers. And what they do is they provide volunteers to help with their booths uh, to demo Mm -hmm. their games and that sort of thing. Um, And in exchange... Uh, Depending on how much you do, you get a badge, and if you do more, which was my case, I got a badge and lodging, and in all cases, or at least I would say, really, that's just kind of general policy, uh, you get some free games in that as well uh, from that particular publisher, uh, which is obviously definitely the case with the publisher that I was with. So that was the opportunity that was presented before me, and uh, I got the opportunity to go uh, and... A lot of things worked out that that I didn't really expect to work out, and that's kind of how I was able to go. It, it just it just worked out. I mean, really, oh, l- wow. l- let's let me clarify. God made that happen.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, that's a, that's the way it always is. I think last year I did, you know, Tr worked for Modifius last year, and this year or last year I worked for Norse Foundry, of course, sling and dice for them. So, and Mr. Riddle had other things he was doing at the con, but we'll get into that in a minute, so. So, okay, so
2: you've been to PAX, you've been to Gen Con. So, a couple questions for you. One, what do you think's the biggest difference between them, other than size?
1: Uh, the food. <laughs> 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 Which is better. Uh, well, uh, the food definitely was a bit more accessible, one thing with, with PAX, uh, they had the Reading Terminal Markets, which is right by the convention hall. So that really was like the big difference. And actually, apparently, to a lot of people, it's one of the biggest draws to PAX Unplugged. Um, I would say there was also a lot more publishers at Gen Con than there are at PAX Unplugged. That is kind of the nature of the fact that PAX is still kind of... It's still fairly new, and it's in a particular location. So I guess certain publishers haven't decided to go to PAX Unplugged yet. Um, I would also say that more than uh, more often than not, I was lost at Gen Con. At PAX Unplugged, I was not lost. Uh, the reason why is because PAX has been doing conventions for a long time as well. And yeah. they understand the importance of making sure that if you have a question that you can go to someone and ask a question. They have people all around uh, PAX wearing uh, a purple shirts because that's the color for PAX Unplugged. And, and they're the enforcers. And they go around and do a number of different things, including help people if they have questions. They also serve as the security. So if things kind of are shady or what have you, they go around and check all the booths to make sure things are going okay. So if anything kind of crazy out or out of hand goes on, what have you, they're there to help. And they're there to make sure things happen. And and that was really great. Gen Con, on the other hand, I would, half the time I didn't know where to go. I, I had no idea where to go half the time. I, I had a hard time finding the hall. I mean, it might have been because it was my first time. I, I have absolutely no idea. Um, but it was a bit of a struggle to figure out where things were I don't know if there's really any other difference. I think that there was a lot more table space in the actual convention as opposed to Gen Con, which had dedicated spaces, but they weren't necessarily in the halls, to my knowledge. At least, I didn't see everything at Gen Con, so I really couldn't tell you.
0: There's a big gaming area that's adjacent to the halls that, yeah. But Gen Con, like you said, Gen Con's big. Gen Con yeah. is
2: convention center Every hotel near it, Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, re- some of the restaurants in the area are hosting gaming. So, yeah, Gen Con sprawls through downtown Indianapolis.
0: Yeah, it is big. It, it, you know, It's a lot bigger than Dragon Con, but the way it's laid out reminds me a lot of Dragon Con because Dragon Con goes over like four different hotels so that are all connected together.
3: So, Jeff, what you were saying about um, not knowing where to go and stuff, being your first time, I mean, that's kind of a given, but Gen Con actually does have uh, volunteers and staff that are all over the place that um, can help you whenever you need to find something.
2: Yeah, but if you don't know to look for them, I give them credit, they don't have a big, obvious purple shirt on.
3: No, no.
1: Yeah, they they are usually at key places where people would be – so that they can kind of like help in <clears throat> in a number of of ways uh, that's kind of the thing there there' there' there's a i think the one thing about the enforcers is there's a lot of them yeah they're they're all over the place you, you will n- and they keep tabs on the vendors too yeah they they do they they make sure nothing goes on that that is um you know we, we you know how that can be. Uh, they yeah. make sure that that happens, and so I was considered one of the safest conventions I've heard about, at least uh, from what I from what I understand.
0: Game Ch- Game Church has been to PAX a couple times, the you know PAX East and PAX West, and the Enforcers have a note about Game Church in their logs because they all have like these logs about the, each vendor, and it says these dudes are pretty chill, just leave me. <laughs>
2: now gen con i think did better this year i saw a couple different places where i had this big banner that had a question mark on it but i agree with you jeff they still don't do as well as they could yes. when it comes to helping I me mean, if you go to the will call they're there if you go to the main areas but yeah there's not some big group of gen con staff walking around there to help and i agree to that that's Gen Con kind of figures you're on your own. They've got their maps, they've got schedules, they've got people at the help desk booth. They expect you to kind of go to them instead of them wandering around to find you. Not saying that that's great, but that's kind of how they do it.
1: You know, I mean, like every every convention has its strengths and weaknesses and what have you. Um, and 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 I and I find merit in both of them existing. You know, so so I, I absolutely you know, loved both of them for different reasons, you know, uh, I think one of the greatest things is that I got to see a different group of friends than I usually do at PAX, like I I saw a lot of people who I know who are from that area, and of course a lot of my gaming group goes to PAX Unplugged, because uh, where I live, I'm less than an hour away from Philly, so naturally, all of us are pretty much there uh, because why not? Uh, many of us can take mass transit in there, and that's what I did my first year at Pax Unplugged. Is I took mass transit in, and that worked out well for me. Uh, but uh, I, it, it was good to see a different group of friends and and that sort of thing that I normally get to only see on the internet, and that that was really the greatest thing about that. That's what I miss.
0: <laughs> I didn't get to see Dr. Michael. anyway. Enough of that. <laughs> So, don't okay. Don't get us started, Daniel. You go uh, to I Gary know. Con. So, well, you know, I, I don't get to go for the next three years. Yeah, you know, it's a whole don't. hide and stuff. And
3: you're you're selling your house. You're w- more welcome to move to Yeah, you know. Yeah. be closer. Just, we
0: no, keep inviting you. It'd be it'd be hard with my job. So, um, all right. Well, Tr said Tr. You said you played games. <laughs> Lots of games. No. Okay, so Actually, what was what was your favorite game? Well,
2: okay, so there're gonna be two answers Actually, I'm gonna break this a little bit For one, I had to study tons of games Because this year I worked for Stronghold Games For those of you who have listened to the podcast and stuff know I, I now work for Stronghold as their in-house editor And so this year, I worked their booth demoing games So I spent all this time learning all these games Getting ready for them all And then spent all of Gen Con demoing one <laughs> <laughs> So I really know how to play Dizzle Really well no. So, actually, my favorite game from Gen Con this year is a game called Letter Jam. Uh, I don't know how many of you know Paul Grogan. Paul Grogan is Gaming Rules. He's a, he does a YouTube channel, a podcast. He's a fellow editor. I've known him for years as fellow editors, and every time I get to Gen Con, I try to find time to at least say hi to him, but he's so busy. This year, he managed to fit my family and I in to do a personal demo of a game. And so we got to go demo Letter Jam with him and loved it. Letter Jam is a cooperative word game. So it's their next competitor. Like CGE, Check Games Unlimited, make code names. This they consider their next big game, Letter Jam. It was fun to play. Had a blast demoing it with Paul Grogan. It's probably one of my most treasured memories from this, because for me, Gen Con's about relationships. The more I attend, it's interesting, the less I buy. Um, I, I don't come home with as much stuff. Now, I get stuff as gifts and trades because working in the exhibits. But in general, I care more and more about the time I spend with people. So to be able to sit and play a whole game with Paul Grogan and my family was my cherished moment. So it's my favorite memory
0: of a game while I was there. See, I, I miss the uh, eating at the noodle place.
2: The noodle place is no more. <sighs> oh,
0: my gosh. <laughs> it was sad. So, yeah, that was my favorite game.
3: So, Jeff, you, you mentioned one thing about the food being different. Um, how so on Gen Con compared to PAX?
1: Um, so, Reading Terminal Market is, is an animal in of itself. Uh, I don't know if any of you have been to Philly at all. So as you probably know, one of the biggest influences in that area is Amish country. And so um, one of the key things that the Amish contributed uh, and is still long existing is the Reading Terminal Market. And the Reading Terminal Market is this it's this massive. Well, it's an, it's not really massive, really. It is it is small for how many different things, like different types of food, and it's all fresh and it's all relatively good food that you can get at this one place. It it, it is like they have like these amazing. I have these amazing cheesesteaks with like really sharp provolone cheese and like really fresh meat and everything like that. And this like massive sub that was like it was filled, filled to the brim uh, with stuff. They had like cookies. They had like like uh, a farmer's market, everything you can possibly think of in this one central location. That was right next to the convent. Within, like, it was right across the street from the convention center. See, now you're making us all just want to skip Gen Con to <laughs> get this podcast. <laughs> no, We're oh, all no, going no. to Pax.
2: So, Daniel, <laughs> podcast is over. <laughs> okay. We're driving to Philly.
0: Okay. Now you gotta you gotta realize though. See, see, when I go to Gen Con, see, I eat good. I eat very well because, like, Kevin. Um, cook, you know, one of my friends, he um he buys my breakfast every day at Gen Con. And it, he always goes to the Crown because well, he usually gets a room at the Crown Plaza. And so I get to eat their breakfast buffet every morning. And it's, it's <laughs> delicious. The and food keeps, trucks
2: are fun. There's some good yeah. restaurants in downtown Indy, too. But again, Jeff, you're new to Indy, so you don't know some of the niche places to go, the out-of-the-way places you can go and get food where it's just not busy.
1: I will... St- Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I will say, though, the, the one big hit of food was this bacon food truck. They had this bacon, egg and cheese sandwich that had <laughs> it, it was this giant, giant sandwich packed with stuff. That, that was my favorite thing. So, yeah, I would say the food trucks are a nice thing that they have. Mm. Uh, but I I'm a little biased. I like writing Terminal Market a bit more.
0: hey uh guys real quick i'm gonna need you all to keep recording i have to step away for just a second i am so sorry but that's what happens when you're on a liquid diet so uh so i'll I'll, take over i'll be right back so michael um you like me live in the area
2: so it's very easy for us to get there um talk about how i'm curious because for you and like me i live an hour away so i still come down get the hotel stay in the area and everything what's it like attending gen con as someone who lives in the indianapolis area
3: so at towards the end it's actually started to get a little tiring but um for me it was actually more convenient because like you said i i live 25 minutes down the road it's literally a straight shot um, i get a family pass at the Indianapolis Zoo so i can go there park it's less than a mile away from the convention center so in the mornings i walk there i get get my uh body used to walking several miles every day um the evenings it's a little difficult cuz i i stay till 10 11 o'clock at night and walking back that mile um was a little tiring. Then driving back the twenty-five minutes, taking a shower, sleeping for a few hours, and get up and do it again. But <laughs> yeah, so at the end of the day, um, at the end of the uh, officially five days, because I started Wednesday, um, I was a bit beat. But going and then going back to work the very next day,
2: <laughs> I've learned. This is one thing I've taught myself. Always take the Monday after Gen Con off. That's something I taught myself a couple years ago, and I've been doing it since. Because I didn't early on, I did the same thing. I'd go straight back to work. Oh man, I'd be exhausted, and then end up getting con crud. In the last couple years, I managed to not get sick because I purposely get more sleep while I'm there. I eat healthier, and I take that Monday off to try to recover. So how about you, Jeff? You said you were not feeling great. How did? gen con's big lots of walking lots of travel for you
1: how did you do post gen con so i was really fortunate for a number of reasons the way that i actually got to gen con which is important in terms of explaining how i got back and all that kind of stuff uh my uh local friendly local game store owner decided last minute that he wanted to go to gen con he decided even further last minute like Closer to Gen Con than me, to, to decide to go, because he just opened his store uh, six months ago or so, a little more than six months ago, and he's still trying to learn a lot about this industry. He he understands a lot, but he doesn't really understand like what's new and what's coming out and everything. Uh, so he got me there. We he was the one who drove me uh, to uh, the convention and drove me back. He decided. He's used to doing long trips and that sort of thing, and he apparently makes it a habit that he makes sure he stay. He makes allowance to stay an extra night after the the event or whatever you, is over. So Sunday night, I didn't have to worry about traveling home. At I just traveled back to his hotel, spent the night there and then woke up the next morning in my entire Monday. Thankfully, my job, uh, because my job is a weekend job primarily, I don't normally get scheduled earlier in the week, and so I wasn't scheduled early early in the week. So he was able to drive me home, and we drove home most of Monday. Mm -hmm. And that worked out super well. Now, mind you, I still got when I came home and everything like that, I was exhausted because I barely got any sleep during the convention. <laughs> uh, uh, uh So, I I think it was because of that that I I definitely got hit pretty badly with con crud, and and I had thankfully I I had a, f- a few days before I had to go back to work to recover. Um, so that was really helpful for a number of reasons. I kind of had to like. Start. I had to cancel a few things that I normally do during the week and that sort of thing. And I was able to make it to my first game night that I have and that sort of thing. But it, it worked out. Um It worked out super well. Just timing-wise and everything like that. It just kind of all worked out well. But, man, I definitely got hit pretty hard. I...
2: I've kind of learned now, a little bit of gray hair, a little old wisdom, and just being an older guy. Anyway, I can't do that, so I try to get about six, seven hours of sleep at night. I don't do the late nights. I eat well, drink a lot, and come home and rest. <laughs> I can't do the all nights and push it for because I'm there for six days. I actually get there on Tuesday.
0: Um, because of what I work. With me though, at conventions, it really frustrates a lot of people. Is like, and I learned this from TR as well. It's like, go to bed. I mean, what's yep. the point? If you're not going to be able to enjoy yourself during the day when you're awake because you're too tired from the night before, what's the point of being there?
2: Well, my big thing is I want to enjoy Sunday as much as I enjoyed Tuesday. And so I try to make it. So I'm curious. then. so I talked about my favorite game, Jeff or Mike. What was your favorite game of Gen Con this year?
1: Do you want me to go first? Uh, all sure, right, go, go for first. it, Jeff. Okay. Uh, so... I would have to say uh, my favorite game of Gen Con was, was actually Point Salad. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did have
2: fun playing that. Oh, my Saturday gosh.
1: I, I see most of my library. Most of the games that I have are games where it is simple to teach and it is a uh, it has a lot of depth of strategy to the game. And it's SushiGo-esque, which is just right in my wheelhouse for games that I love to pull out. And I was so excited to get a chance to play it. And I'm so glad I got a chance to play it at the Roads meetup. Love that game so much. I cannot wait to get my hands on it. My store is going to get it as soon as possible. We have a demo copy. So I think I'll have access to it at that point. But I, I just love it. Um, so, well, it's uh, to give a little bit of context of, as to what it is, uh, it's really... Uh, so, uh, it's very Sushi Go-esque. It's very... Uh, it's set collection with a little bit of a fun twist in, in doing so. Basically, all it is is you're getting either vegetables that consume a salad... Or you're getting a point card that kind of like gives you points for particular types of, of vegetables. And you're strategically choosing whether to take more vegetables to add to your set, or a point card that will give you the most points at the end of the game. And and that's kind of really all it comes down to. It's it's that simple. So I I love those types of games. I, I love playing heavier strategy games a lot, but I love games like that. And so that was that was my hit. That was honestly my hit. Of Gen Con. Every time I hear point salad, I'm waiting on like <laughs> Stefan Feld to kind of
2: Kool-Aid man bust through the wall and go, that's my kind of game. You know,
1: it's just Stefan Feld, he's known for yep. point salad. So, it's oh, just yeah, he's funny. definitely known for
3: his point salads. Yep. So uh, this year I actually uh, volunteered for AEG's uh, big game night um, for the second year in a row. And point salad was the game I actually taught. <laughs> and I going into it uh, Wednesday evening, I really didn't know very much about it. Um, it. I read the rule book and watched the video, but it literally took the guy five minutes to explain the game, and it, we had it down. I mean, it's that easy to play. But uh, my most anticipated game, I guess, is uh, uh, one that hasn't even came out yet. Uh, got the opportunity to uh, play test a game called Deliverance, which uh, we had at our meetup Saturday night. Um, I that Saturday during the day, I actually uh, bought an event ticket, which I normally don't do at Gen Con, and sit down and played a full game of that, and it was phenomenal. I mean, I I can't wait for it to actually uh, come out on Kickstarter and and definitely be one of the first ones to back it. It was a great game. Um, one that I was excited to actually get uh, was one that I, I picked up as a Kickstarter. Um, I actually picked up three games at Gen Con that I, I Kickstarted. But it's called Parks by uh, Keymaster Games. And it's uh, done by a guy named uh, Henry Audubon, which um, put out um, Space Park last year. And I, that's a phenomenal game. So um, I haven't been able to play Parks yet. But I'm I'm really excited to actually get it out and see how well it plays. I mean, we had it out at Gen Con and it looked fabulous.
2: Yeah, it on the table it looked amazing, and it's like ah, uh, it reminds me of Tokaido in many ways, but just like a an American version of Tokaido with the graphics and stuff.
3: So I I actually got it out um, that Saturday evening while I was waiting on everybody to show up for the meetup. But um, being the host, I really didn't have enough time to actually sit down and learn how to play it that night. But I, I'm excited to actually get it out.
2: Well, let's talk about the meetup. I mean, we're kind of talking. This is something now. Is this our. Is this the third, third year. year of it, yeah. I think? Yeah. Yeah. So, third year of our official Inroads the Tavern meetup. First year, I hosted it, which is hard for me to do with my family and everything. Plus, I work a booth. So, last year, Michael yes. took over. And I help him host it. And this year, you did a great job, like last year. Thank you very much, Michael. (laughs) I missed it. It lets me help with my family and stuff. But it's a neat time. So for those of you listening, if you get to Gen Con, Saturday night, um, currently, we've done it for the last three years, in the lobby of the Spring Hill Suites Hotel. That's the hotel I'm staying in um, as an exhibitor. We host um, about 6.30. People kind of show up between 6 and 6.30. And we order pizza. My family brings baked goods. We always make a whole bunch of uh, baked goods and snacks and everything to bring. And we hang out, we eat, we pray together, we play games. It's a fun time. It's relaxed. It's a great way to kind of casually end Gen Con. You know, it's kind of unwind, play some of the new games. Like my family was playing Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Flux. Oh <laughs> and then, you flux, and Flux, man. I love Flux. Um, we played uh, – I played Deliverance, um, a couple rounds of Deliverance and tried that out. You guys were playing Point Salad. Um, the other table was playing Unmatched. Unmatched. Unmatched, yep, Unmatched was going on. Uh, so that was cool. We always do those. Had other friends I invite because I always reach out to people. So some people, new friends, I made there. well, I've known them for a couple years. Steven Marin, Marin um, – I can never pronounce their last name. They work for Grail Games, and I've been getting to know them. And this year, we finally had a time to really get to know them as a couple. We had breakfast with them every morning. They came for the game day. They're quickly becoming friends, and they're from Michigan. And we're going to try to see them here soon uh, outside of Gen Con, which is cool. And that's, again, for me, relationships is what Gen Con's about. And so, yes, if you make Gen Con, or even if you don't make Gen Con and you live in the area, we had a few people who came in, like my brother in law came in, who lives in Indy. He came for that night, and so we're always invited. If you live in the Indy area, if you're coming to Gen Con Saturday night during Gen Con, it's the Tavern Meetup. I think it's one of my it's one of my favorite things during Gen Con now.
1: I absolutely loved uh, being there uh, for that because I really, you know, felt like it was just like you know how my, it felt like a live version of what the, of tavern the Tavern encompasses. And that really is something that, that means so much to me. Because, I mean, like, the Tavern is really just a means to an end, more than anything. I mean, it's a great group, and I love being a part of it. And I love, you know, creating the, the, the content that we discuss and that sort of thing as much as I possibly can. But I really, you know, I love that it really is the engine by which we meet in person and how we game and that sort of thing. And really motivates a lot what we of what we do. Um, and that really, um, really, it really showed in, in that time. And I really loved that so much. Um, you know, and and that, that really (laughs) made it made a difference for me. It really, I mean, like that and the Sunday worship service among other things was just, I want to continue to be a con missionary for the rest of my life. That, that's really one of, what I want to do for the yeah, that's
0: that's all it is for me now the um, I will tell you um, I do love Saturday nights but in in my lunch date with TR and his family I love his family but my favorite thing in about gin con is always the Sunday service I mean it's just like I've said it so many times it's like you're in a room with like 300 people that are just is just like you, but so uniquely different. You, you're you there with, a, you, you all love games and you're there and you're all there worshiping God and you're just spending time together. And, you know, you might have the same backstory. Your backstory might be different, but you're there and just having so much fun and just singing out and praising God and taking communion.
2: <laughs> oh, it's fun. I get my yearly hug from Dave Mattingly. You know, that's when I see him. And it was neat this year, Love Thy Nerd, and someone from Dice Tower did the worship, and then, again, Tom Vassell did the service, and I'm like you, of all of Gen Con, if I had to pick one thing as my favorite, it would be the worship service. Which is weird to think that I'm at a game convention, but I'm sitting by Michael Riddle, he's just down the hall, you know, row from me, I see guys that I'm working the booth with, the guys that are working the stronghold booth, were sitting in front of me, You know, Tom Vassel's daughters are just down the row. I see a bunch of other publishers that I know in the room. I see friends of mine in the room. You know, people I only see in the service. And you see someone over here in cosplay. You see someone over there wearing a shirt that says, the dice are trying to kill me. And it's just, it's such a unique mix. And then we start singing hymns and praise and worship. And it just, it really ends the event well.
3: I I really enjoyed it this year, uh, as opposed to the last couple of years. I mean, the message from uh Tom's always always nice. Um he did have a little bit of humor in it this year, but um uh, it it did really hit home with uh, quite a few things that I was actually going through myself. But this is my fifth year going to Gen Con and I the first couple of years I didn't know about the service, so I missed out on that. But that, that'll that never happen. I would love going into service now.
1: I have to say... A major shout-out to Love Thy Nerd in general. Because they encompassed my nightly activities... Every night. Including even after our tavern meet-up. And... I really love all those guys and gals. I really love them all so, so much. I got to really spend a lot more time with them... And uh, they, they were at PAX Unplugged, but I kind of got a bit, I want to say distracted, if you will, in what I was doing at PAX Unplugged. They were there too, but they were at Gen Con, and they always met up in the same area uh, of the JW Marriott, where, which is where I actually was staying, which was really convenient for me, because all I had to do was just go up to the elevator, go up to my room, and collapse in bed. Uh <laughs> Which you can probably tell was how late I stayed up some nights. Uh, a bit too late. But I, I got... See, the one thing I really loved doing... So, a bit more about what I was doing. So I was with Tasty Minstrel Games uh, with with this convention. And... And I really liked... I had to work at the booth full-time. Um, that was kind of the agreement that I had in terms of what I could do. But... I did get opportunities before the convention started and during the convention to to meet up with some of my internet friends, content creators, uh, who I really got an opportunity to connect with and and, and that sort of thing. I always try to make sure I get a picture with them in some capacity, which I, I still haven't posted my photos of that. But really, I just... Loved connecting with them. Some of them I, I saw from PAX Unplugged. And so it was really great to reconnect with them and that sort of thing. But I absolutely loved seeing all of my internet friends and playing games with them. And I think that was one of the biggest highlights for me as well. Is is getting the opportunity to play that. Um, I, I demoed one game the entire convention, much like TR. <laughs> I I demoed Crusaders That yep. Will Be Done, which I'm glad that I also got a chance to take that game home, because I learned to love it a lot from playing it over and over and over and over again. So I'm glad I got a chance to, to get that get that game in its deluxified version and take it home. And uh, I, I really enjoyed... Just just being there, I didn't really have any events planned. I, I just kind of went with what everyone else I knew was doing, and that's what I did.
2: Yeah, for me this year, different, like I said, I switched to Stronghold. So just a quick overview of me for my differences. I go in Tuesday, I help set up, get the booth all set, get everything going for that, prepping for the demoing of the games, working with the demo team. I didn't know this, but when I got there, I ended up being in charge of the demo teams. <laughs> Stephen Bonacore is like, you can do this. I'm like, sure, I can do this. I mean, I'm used to running other booths, so that was fine. And then I also helped with retail. The nice thing about it for me, and I've said this before, my daughter, well, my whole family comes. I, When I do set stuff, my daughters help me. They actually work the booth with me. So Emily and Rachel have, since they've been 15, attending and have been working since they've been 16, if I remember right. And so now they can do anything they want because they're 20. So they work with me in the booth, they do some of the retail, they do demo games as well. But because it was a stronghold, my schedule was different this year. I helped set up on Tuesday, had Tuesday evening, went out with the IBC and Stronghold crew to get to know them. But then Wednesday, I attended something called Trade Day. First time doing it, and it was a wonderful experience. Trade Day is for educators, librarians, and retailers. It's a special business day that happens the day before Gen Con. So I went to the education side. For those of you who remember, I teach game studies classes at Taylor University. I also teach writing and editing for gaming class. And so it was nice to do that. And my daughters are both studying to be um, working in high schools. One is a teacher, one is a librarian. And my wife is a former teacher. So we got to go to sessions on like accessibility in gaming, uh, role-playing games in the classroom, the future of trade day. And then later I went to a workshop called Analog Games in Academia. So for me, that was fun. Not for everybody, but I love talking how to teach games and how games affect gaming. And then I spent mornings with my family, wandering around, shopping, playing games, demoing games, and I worked the afternoon shift. So my daughters and I worked afternoons each day while my wife rested. And like you, it was all about the relationships. Normally, I worked retail with Modiphius. Sell games, talk about games, mostly role-playing games. Now I'm in a board game booth... And demoing. So before, I'd get these, like, five-minute conversations. You know, someone would come up, ask about a game, talk to them about the convention, and they'd be gone. Now i got to sit with two, three, four people at a time demoing one game for, like, 20 minutes to 30 minutes. TR,
0: I have a question. Yes. Did Modifius come by at any time and give you the stink eye? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, they're good friends.
2: Actually, one of our Tavern members, Matt Larkin, yeah worked for them this year i actually went over and said hi because some of my friends still work in the booth Uh, matt was there a friend of mine named adam was there and jonathan so i went over now they're still friends of mine they even asked me at the last minute so do you have time to work the booth
0: (laughs) yeah matt matt um was demoing fallout he actually came home with every single thing for fallout um then he also I, i told him i said you need to get the star trek game so he he picked up the starter set for that but he also picked me up the conan dice
2: yeah, but like I said, demoing games was nice because I got to talk to people and say, "Hey, how was your convention?" I got to sit with like there were two families I sat with. There were some of my former students came and sat and did a game. I got to talk to a group from Thailand that have a board game cafe called Board Game Academy. Hi, crew! Um, they actually came by, demoed a game. We had so much fun talking. And then later, they came by really at the end of the show, like right at the end on Sunday, handed me two games, and said, we loved your demo. You did a great job describing games. We saw that you're an editor and that you work on the game industry. These are games we made. Will you play these at some point and tell us what you think? Nice. I mean, it's those relationships. I mean, to me, Gen Con is all about new friends, old friends. So, like, if you know Crystal from uh, Board Game Blitz... She was in the booth right across from us at the Dice Tower and she was struggling a little bit. This is her first Gen Con. She was worried people wouldn't recognize her. So my daughter and I kept running over and giving her hugs and waving at her and stuff. And it was just fun. And like Jeff said, seeing people that I've known for years, you know, other game industry people, other editors, certain uh, content creators like the Rolling Dice and Taking Name guys, they've become friends over the years. So it's weird to go, they're not just some celebrity or game industry person, they're my friends. I've I've been going to Gen Con for eight years now, working in the industry. I love working the setup and tear down of the booth. So Tuesday setting up and Sunday tearing down, I get to see my friends while they're all working hard, but we still talk to each other. And it's fun. <laughs> 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 yeah, you try to avoid work but, uh, but to me, that's really... the. The joy of Gen Con, like when I first went a couple years, I spent a ton of money. I wanted to buy the games. I wanted to go to all the workshops. I I just wanted to experience it. Now, I go and find people. I want to sit and talk to somebody while I'm eating a meal. I want to have them come in the booth and play a game with me. I want to bump into them in the aisle. Like It's weird. Like 70,000 people there. And I bumped into friends that I worked with the very first Gen Con back in 2012. They're the ones that gave me my first shot and I bumped into them randomly. We weren't looking for each other. It's that idea that God provides those moments that you can meet people, you know, and spend time with them and fellowship with them. And like, I saw Kevin and he wanted to find me. And like, as soon as I found him, I got a huge hug from Kevin. Um, And it's just, that's, what's so cool. It's not just a, hi, I know who you are. I kind of recognize your face. I get a hug, you know, and I'm like, Hey, maybe we can do a meal later or something. And, you know Jeff's wearing the shirt, so
1: <laughs> yes, I'm wearing the shirt. I'm actually wearing the shirt right now. I, I had to represent Mike Perna, and at, at a, <laughs> I, I, I had to. So I wore um his latest design, his hug to win shirt. I intentionally wore it on Friday because I don't know. It, it felt like I, I was gonna have a. There were gonna be a lot more people on Saturday. It didn't really work out as a, as I wanted it to, but I still got something uh, <laughs> from people I knew really who just knew that I was there. But it, it was really funny. Um, you talk about Crystal. I was looking forward to meeting Crystal as well, and it was interesting because a lot of um, a lot of Gen Con, you know, it, it's like. You see people, and they're walking past, and you try to get their attention, and then they're gone, <laughs> and 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 I'm like, oh, I can't believe I missed you, and that sort of thing. But there was a really interesting thing that happened to me at Gen Con um, that I, I did not did not expect whatsoever. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I I've yet to find out what happened as a result of this, but. <laughs> I was and, and it's funny, you know, we talk about uh, TR, you're talking about how, you know, the, the people that we see, these personalities and that sort of thing, that they're celebrities and what have you, you know, they're the real people, too. And and, and mm-hmm. that is so vitally important in, in what I do is to, to make people feel like normal people and not like celebrities and 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 that sort of thing. Uh, but I did have a bit of a moment um, mm-hmm. I was demoing at my booth, and suddenly, out of nowhere, Becca Scott comes up to my booth. And she not only comes up to the booth, but she comes up to the table where I'm at, and she gives me a look, doesn't say anything to me whatsoever, and... And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. I, I, I just was like, um, I, I guess I have to think about the demo I was doing and make sure I was focused on the people who I was demoing for and that sort of thing. But it, it was this moment where I'm like, what's what's happening here? Why, why is this happening? Next thing you know, uh, she goes around the other side of the table, tries to find the box cover for the game of teaching, Crusaders, takes a photo of it, and then goes away. I, I I didn't know what to make of it whatsoever. I I took a day. I didn't say anything to anyone <laughs> the entire day because I I didn't know what was going to happen. But it, it was just this weird moment where where all of a sudden I just realized that she was a person, and 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 I really kind of thought that that was really cool that that you know. Oh, we, we, we see these people on the internet. We interact with them all the time. They, they do these amazing things, and, and they still are people. Follow up to that, Geek and Sundry, stop by the booth the next day. And ho- I think they're going to be featuring some of the games on their, their show. I, I don't know what's going to come of that, um, but it was really fascinating how that conversation went as well. But it, it's just so weird that this, this the dichotomy of just know people who are these well-known people and and everyone else kind of sharing the same space uh because we are we're all there for the same reason that we're all passionate about gaming and and its impact and and what it does and what it has done for us um and that was just i i didn't know what to think about i still don't know what to think about that at all yeah well, speaking of stories, I have to do the transition for this.
2: So, Michael, talk about repping for Mike Perna and meeting people, because of all of us, you were the one doing it the most obviously.
3: Yes, I actually really enjoyed that. So, um, our Mike Perna did um, the Dwarf Bard at PAX Unplugged, and he really enjoyed what he did there and got a lot of great stories. But um, – wasn't able to come to Gen Con for a few years now, so I volunteered to take up the mantle I per se, and um, be the Dwarf Bard for Gen Con, the very first Dwarf. <laughs> so um, he sent me a really cool sign that basically said, um, Dwarf Bard in need of new stories. Add your tale to the archive and become an honorary Dwarf Bard. And he also sent me a lot of inroads swag that i put in little baggies and um i made contact with a uh, madeline turnip seed that's that's in uh inroads and she um she made a hat for mike so i asked her to uh make one for me and um she did and it actually turned out phenomenal i i had more comments on that helmet than anything else in the entire <laughs> gen con um, you look great in it and so I saw pictures I, and I
0: thought you look lovely
3: <laughs> so since I have a almost a full beard I chose not to get one made like he did so I wasn't roasting the entire time but going around just holding that sign um, I got a piece of balsa wood and stained it and attached it to the sign so the, the sign literally was just a couple ounces so I was able to hold it up all day long and just walk around, and random people would just stop me, and it's like, what, what is this? So, I would tell them, you give, give me a, a story, I can record it, it'd be anything you want, and I walked away with 53 different stories, and a lot of them was about D&D, um, a couple of them I can't really release, because they're not PG, for the most part, but I got a a lot of really unique stories. Um, One of them is from a guy. Unfortunately, I didn't think to uh, grab his business card out to tell him who he is. But the guy's from uh, Finland. And he told me a phenomenal story about how he started his company. Um, Him and a buddy of his was thinking uh, the same idea about actually um, making videos or interactive videos videos about teaching games so they they have a couple of them out now where the game will actually teach you how to play and not just watch a a playthrough and it, his buddy was saying well he didn't he was interested in the idea but he was getting ready to go to um go back to australia so they, they were not going to do anything about it out of um, luck or God's intervenience, um, he wasn't able to get into uh, Australia. Uh, the Customers or Border Patrol stopped him for some random comment he made on his Facebook post. Um, the guy didn't have a work visa. He only had a visiting visa and said about, um, well, if, if somebody wants me to paint their fence, I'm not going to turn it down. So they turned him away. So he went back to Finland within like 48 hours and met up with his friend. And they started this company and they had a really good presence there at Gen Con. So, and I got a really good hug from him at the end. <laughs> so another uh, people were telling me stories about um, that they haven't told anybody else before, about one of the people from uh, Yellow, uh, one of the HR people there, or public relations was telling me about how she was setting up the booth one time and she was so clumsy that she got uh tangled up in um, the crowd divider poles and fell down on the ground and <laughs> couldn't get out um i had one lady that was sitting on the ground um, just started telling me about how she got into uh making sheep soap I mean, just anything random like that. And then at the end, she actually handed me a, a soap that was shaped like a sheep.
0: Wait, not soap made out of sheep. But no,
3: no. It looked like, like sheep. sheep.
0: <laughs> huh.
3: um, but yeah, it was it was great actually just walking around with that sign and there's people coming up that you don't even know and start having conversations with them. And um, what I didn't tell them was after they give me a story, um i would give him one of them um little baggies and in there i had about 120 of the bags um i almost went through all of them after passing them out and having them at the meetup also but in one of the bags i had a little um a pin that that had a treasure chest on it so that the person that got that um actually um, one, a, a separate little prize that I had, a little um, dice tower, um, actual dice tower, um, that I got last year at Gen Con. I bought two of them, and so I give that, her that one, but I think the favorite, the most favorite story I had out of all that was um, a couple people from uh, Quebec in uh, Canada, a couple ladies that told me... Um, it took them literally 52 hours to get down here because of their flights being canceled. And they were going through this whole story about having to change flights, change flights. And they get finally get here to Indianapolis and get to a bed and breakfast that turned out wasn't that great. So they found a different one um, literally that Friday, um, got in, got in wasn't even there a whole hour went to gen con literally picked up one game and give me the the story of how they got there so huh. and a different ones um a couple people like well me and tr we've we've talked what a couple years um on facebook and never got to see each other until we met at gen con yep. um a couple guys yep. um that used to play um in high in not high school, in uh, college. They were roommates in college and they loved playing board games. And they graduated and hadn't seen each other in 10 years and finally got to do that at Gen Con this year. And I was able to get the, that story from them. So definitely that's that's the place to meet up meet up people and get to know others. You know.
2: Yeah, the way I did it this year too for me, I did this thing called Wheelchair Charioteer. Uh, my wife is in a wheelchair with her multiple sclerosis. And so I made these badge ribbons that had the handicapped wheelchair and said charioteer. And as I found people, not in crowds, but off to the side or whatever using a power chair or wheelchair, I'd go up to them and give them and their caregiver one of these badge ribbons and say, I just want you to know we love what you're doing. We know the challenges. And I'd point to my wife and say, you know, we understand. We also use a wheelchair. We know what it's like to be accessible, challenged at a giant convention and same thing, I heard so many great stories. You know, this one guy gave me a coin, because he had these coins saying, you know, you've you've assisted Frank. And this guy's named Frank, and he's really cool, and he's on the Fans at Gen Con group. And I met people from the Fans at Gen Con group. I met a couple people at the church service. I met different couples and individuals. And so I just had these random moments that I could sit down and spend time with somebody talking about something that most people would never ask them. Because people in a wheelchair, in a power chair, are just forgotten. They're lower level. People jump, you know, bump into them, trip over them. And that I stopped to talk to them, give them something to say thank you. I had so many people email me and Facebook and tweet to me afterwards saying, I'm so glad I found you and I got this ribbon. It really, you know, helped my day. And just, it's like you said, Michael, it's just having these moments that weren't game related. Moments at Gen Con to just talk to people. I mean, even wearing, like, I got the Inroads lanyard from you. I would forgot to bring mine, so I was wearing a James Bond one for most of it. But I got that. On Sunday, I'm sitting at, um, at A&W at the food court. I go up. This guy looks up and says, he sees Inroads roads Ministries. So he goes, do you work with a Christian ministry? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I have something for you. He reaches down and pulls out a game church. Plan. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. A red
0: one or a blue one? Red okay, yeah. We switched over to the blue ones a while back at the last Gen yeah. the gen Con before last. Yeah,
2: but he had one still with him at A and W. And he's one of the employees there and he just says, Have a great thing and it was just wonderful. So it just it was the idea that randomly at an A and W someone saw I had something that said Inroads Ministries, saw the word ministry and handed me something else.
3: So there there was one lady um that was in a wheelchair um I guess got drinks for a bunch of people in the booths around there. And this lady did not have a motorized wheelchair, but she was barely being able to push that thing with all of her drinks. And I just walked up and I seen that. I'm like, ma'am, give me, give me some of them things. So I, I took like half the drinks she had, didn't even know who this person was and just helped her get to the booth, um, and not spill anything. And yeah, I mean, places like that, it's, Great to be able to do something like that.
1: I uh, connected a lot with the people I worked with at the booth. Some of which uh, it, it just so happened that I kind of noticed out of observation. One of them was wearing, I think, like a like a VBS shirt or something like that. And and I just so happened to like ask him offhand, uh, "Are you a Christian?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm a Christian." And I'm like, "Hey." You know, and I gave him the whole spiel about what Inroads is, invited him to the tavern, and he's like, I, I had no idea, no idea that this that this existed. This specific of a ministry existed. And, and it was really great. And then, of course, I had my lanyard the whole time because I got mine at PAX uh, that, I, that I still use. Shout out, by the way, uh, to Kathleen Lyles for making my badge holder, by the way. Which was really cool that I got that. It was really, it was great to stand out in that way. Uh, there's pi- pictures of that all over the tavern, so uh, if you want to check that out or that sort of thing, she actually can probably make you one as well. Um, but I, I had my inroads l- lanyard, and there were definitely people who were asking me about my lanyard and that sort of thing, and it, and it really was a great conversation starter. It was really more applicable to um, – so I think what it was, it was the, the people who are Christians saw that and said, oh, you're, you're a part of a ministry. What's this about and why are you wearing a lanyard for it yeah. and that sort of thing, and that's what it gave me the opportunity. But for for those who are, are not Christians, who we do serve and we do love, of course, uh, it was a good opportunity for me to demonstrate God's love and, and show that. And demonstrate it in in how I acted and, and what I did and everything like that, and uh, and and it really I think it really resonated with a lot of the booth workers that I was working with and that sort of thing. If I think about it, next year I want to make sure next year that I have enough stuff to give the people who I'm working with so that they know about that. But of course, uh, my key contact that I have at uh, Tasty Minstrel Games, uh, Daniel, I told him about inroads pax because he was there and i was one of the few booth workers that worked at pax uh, i worked with tc minstrel at pax unplugged and there's a very strong chance a uh, very strong possibility uh that because of what we forge and also love i nerd also had, a, had an opportunity to dialogue with daniel as well um that we're probably going to get something related to tmg in the lines of the possibility, I, I can't, obviously, you know, still in the works right now. Contributions to our inroads library.
0: Sweet. That'd be nice. I love free stuff. Yeah, my daughter had similar
2: experience. My daughter was wearing one of the older Christian Gamers Guild lanyards. So the whole, uh, um, not the lanyard, but the actual badge holder. And so people would come up to her while she was running the retail of the booth and be like, what's this Christian Gamers Guild? And she'd be able to tell him about the worship service on Sunday. She would mention the tavern. And so my daughter, Rachel, same idea. She had this random ministry that she didn't expect to have. And I think same thing. Other people in the booth that didn't know the church service, like you said, Michael, had no idea there was a worship service, said, wait, there's a church service? And so a lot of our booth workers showed up at the church service, which was fun. So...
3: TR, what... So I'm questioning... Oh, so, sorry. Yeah, no, I had another story about, um, you said about meeting people, Um Yep. When I was getting ready to go to um, do the event for Deliverance, I had just a few minutes to actually get something to eat. So I went to the food court, grabbed a slice of pizza, uh, found a table with an older gentleman um, by himself. So I just went up and asked him, hey, can I can I take some space? And started talking to him, found out um, his name is uh, Bill Eberle. um He's actually a game designer for uh, WCE Design out of uh, Maryland and this guy was like 70 some years old and he was talking to me about everything he was he does and all of a sudden uh, the two people uh, the main people from um, Tandem House actually came over and give him a huge hug and started talking to him and stuff and I me just sitting sitting there watching all that I thought that was phenomenal and I actually got to talk to them uh for a couple minutes and then right after that I was getting ready to leave, and literally um, this lady sat on the floor. I was getting ready to eat that I thought I recognized. So I knelt down beside her and, and said, hey, you look familiar and want to know who you were and stuff. And it actually turned out to be uh, April Lynn from um, Love Thy Nerd. <laughs> and I I didn't even know who this person was. I first started talking to her. And a really good coincidence is as soon as I heard that, I shouldered the, the helmet that I had and found out she's really good friends with uh, madeline that actually made the helmet and madeline actually showed her the process of making that and here i am talking to a person i didn't even know that actually knew uh about the process of me getting my helmet
0: yeah i remember i remember when april n um moved from boston to california to work with game church um and yeah, she stopped and visited me and Zach, and she stayed at her house. And I filled her gas up and stuff like that. I mean, she's an amazing person. I love April. She's she's pretty cool. So yeah.
3: By yeah. the way, Michael, Bill yeah.
0: Eberly created Cosmic Encounter in
2: Doom. Wow.
3: And here I didn't even know who that yeah. was.
2: He- <laughs> yes. He was there because the new version of <clears> Dune it got released at Gen Con. So, yeah, you met the designer of the, the classic games of Dune and Cosmic Empowerment.
3: And say I didn't even know that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm slightly envious.
2: <laughs> well, okay. So, let's kind of bring this together then. So, we've talked about different things. So, each person. What's, what's kind of like your big overall feel? So, I want to start with Jeff. And the reason is, this is your first one. So what is your overall takeaway from Gen Con?
1: Well, I already kind of stated the big one, which is that I want to be a Con missionary for the rest of my life. That was the biggest takeaway yeah. uh, from Gen Con. Uh, I definitely also want to try to come back if I possibly can. Um, and I, I want to try to make it a thing that I do every year if I possibly can do that. And I, and I think that that is something I can try to work out. Um I think one of the biggest things is that I really uh, have such a a love and such a compassion for the gaming community and, and going to conventions really uh, rejuvenates that in me in so many ways and really it gets my heart beating. It really gets me excited. And, and the cool thing is I can bring that home with me, that passion and And continue to do what I'm doing here in in southeastern Pennsylvania, worlds away, well at least not as far, but worlds away from from Indiana and uh continue doing what I'm doing and uh you know uh i, I really hope and look forward to more opportunities to do this uh It doesn't necessarily have to be pax and Pludge or Gen Con it can be i I don't know whatever God does whatever however he makes it possible. Uh, and I just love seeing all of you, uh, except for Daniel. sad. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Hey,
0: no, listen, listen, there'll be a time when we get to meet before we get to heaven and, uh, it will, you know, I'll, the, I'll, I'll eventually get to come back to Gen Con. I, I don't know how long it's going to be, but I will be there.
1: But, uh, you know, it was great to see people and that was, that was, that's what I love to do. That was my big takeaway. Michael, how about you? Uh,
3: being the, the fifth time coming, um I I noticed that I need to pace myself a little bit more. Definitely. <laughs> so I did a lot of things this year and I was not able to do everything I wanted. But um my biggest thing was is the same thing, the opportunity to be able to meet people, either like this uh, Mr. Eberly that I had to, didn't even know about, <laughs> or to meet you, uh, T.R. <laughs> I mean, I've met you for the last couple of years. But um, yep. just to be able to meet people in general that have the same interest that I hardly ever get to do throughout the entire year. So, And, Je- and Jeff, I met Jeff for the first time this year, and his uh, friend and hopefully new roommate, John, um, that – I hope they'll be able to see you again. And you also, Daniel, I want to see you again.
0: miss your hugs. <laughs> miss your hugs. Yeah. But, you, but I, I get, Michael calls me like every other week, which is awesome. Cause I'm very bad about calling people. So I get to talk to him at least every so often. So oh, I miss you guys. I wish I was there. I, I'm going to keep saying this and saying this. Cause I, you know, I missed it. You know, I was sitting at work. It's like, yeah, I could be at Gin Con right now. I kind of had a mini Gen Con on Saturday, though, but it's all right.
3: So, also, uh, John John Stanford, um, he's also a fellow Huger that I never get to see until we go to Gen Con.
2: Yep. He lives in Kokomo. I see him occasionally at Taylor. He comes over for our Lewis Colloquium, so I get to see John there. This year, he was dressed like yeah. H.P. Lovecraft. So,
3: you two are ba- based literally an hour and a half away from me in both directions. So. Yep.
2: One of the things I think I have as a takeaway. I mean, I've done this for eight years now. I've I know how to work booths, I know how to do the different events, I know the convention center. So there's not, and I'm almost got to hang up pacing myself. <laughs> <laughs> I get better. But for me, I think my takeaway is. I don't know how to do this. This is kind of a takeaway. We've had Tavern Con before. I would really like Love Line Nerds having their convention in Dallas. I'd love to have gotten to that. I just I think At some point, I would love to go to a gaming convention that is hosted from a Christian perspective. Whether it's Love Thy Nerd, Tavern Con, there's the one that's put on by the pastor. That's a Dungeons and Dragons one that I can't remember. It's a retreat. Do you remember the name of that Uh, one, Daniel? Yeah,
0: somebody was actually talking about it earlier. Uh, Gosh. It's like
1: Pastors and Dragons. Yeah, I think it's something like that. It's been posted in the tavern several times.
2: Yeah. But that's my thing is I love going to Gen Con. It's in my backyard. You know, I drive down the way I go to it. I've never been to anything else. So I kind of hit the big one from the beginning. I've not done Origins. I've not done PAX. I've not done Dragon Con. Gen Con's where I went. So for me, I really, the relationships are so much. I, I just would love to go to a time when I could see more of the tavern and More the Love Thy Nerd, lore of the Game Church. So for me, I think a takeaway is I get to see Jeff finally. I see Michael. I see John. I've seen Mike Pernit and Daniel at Gen Con. So I've seen pieces of the tavern. I think one of my biggest takeaways is I would love to see more of the tavern someday, whether they all come to Gen Con and we have a great big Gen Con party. We all go to PAX.
0: Or come to Tennessee.
2: Yeah. In the coming years, I would like to see a gathering of the Tavernites somehow us all in one place that's kind of my takeaway yeah that's my takeaway it just
1: my one of my goals is to see more of the regulars as much as i possibly can uh i I want to journey however far it will take for me to get to that point of being able to see a lot more of my my regulars you know and especially ones who like live in the pacific northwest now and that sort of thing uh worlds away from me I, i would love to see more of them
2: I agree. So here's my thing. Whether you make it to PAX or Gen Con or Origins or you manage to get to Essen or Dragon Con or any of these big conventions around the world, no matter when you're around people or playing games, always remember, God is the Game Master and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.